0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Baseball season is in full swing, and you don't want to miss a thing. It's time for Around the Horn with Kevin Bohannon. Around the Horn is brought to you by Stanley Wood Chevrolet Buick GMC and Scott Wood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. And now it's time for Around the Horn.
1: I kind of like around the corner, you know. Never mind. Here. I have to get with my nil agent. <laughs> See if they're what like up, Kevin? That. Man, did the it, uh, did the bracket <laughs> play itself
2: out? Kind of what you expected?
1: It did, and you know, it. People can talk about uh, RPI and strength of schedule and all that. If you make it, that's all. That's all you need, right? You just need a chance to get in the field of 64, and then you get to control your own destiny. Yes, it would be nice, but it, it's uh, saw the point today. There's not going to be a regional at Starkville, Baton Rouge, Fayetteville, or Oxford, Mississippi. Four of the top uh, venues in all of college baseball. Well, nobody, all four of them did not get to host a regional. I figured we'd go to Stillwater. Oklahoma State was ranked a little bit higher than what I thought they would be. But yeah. it's a good team. you know. They're right there at the top of the Big 12 most of the year. Uh, TCU, TCU played well. Texas, of course, made the finals along with Oklahoma. That was a little bit shocking. Uh, it was really interesting to see the committee and how they looked at matchups. Uh, and I think they had a little nostalgia as well, you know, saying, okay, let's take the 18 champ versus the 19 champ and put them <laughs> together. I don't care what they're in. So they send Vanderbilt out to Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, which is, you know, Jeez. about 19,000 miles away from Nashville. And then, you know, uh, Maryland, okay, you get a top 15 seed, but two of the other teams in your bracket are going to have 45 wins plus, so good luck there. Uh, and then you put UCLA, uh, yeah, they're really good. And, you know, Arizona, there's really good matchups. So, it's going to be a lot of fun this first weekend, and there's I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of blowouts. There's going to be a lot of you know, two, three games that are you looking at and saying, well, that's not really an upset if the three wins. And, you know, Grand Canyon's one of those teams. Arkansas got a taste of them in 2020. Uh, They came to Fayetteville and took a game right before the season was canceled. So this is a really good team that didn't play good in the conference tournament, but they went 25-5 and and beat some really good teams. They beat Arizona this year. Uh, They beat Stanford. They, They beat a lot of good teams. So, Uh, They beat Texas Tech in a uh, Tuesday-Wednesday doubleheader sweep back in the first week of April. Uh, So this is a really good team. Razorbacks better have their stuff together.
2: I really want to make sure I wash my mouth out uh, after I say this. But is Tennessee that good, Kevin? I mean, I've watched a little bit of Sunday's game, the championship game. And, uh, I mean, Florida gave it everything they had. They just came up short. But, I mean, this is a team that has just simply dominated all season long. I realize we can talk about what, you know, how Arkansas looked last year going into the regionals. I guess you can say the same thing, It may be even a notch better, at least what it appears to be, with
1: Tennessee.
2: Is Tennessee that good?
1: They are, Randy, and I'll, I'll give you the reason why they're better than Arkansas was last year. Or they could be in the conversation of some of the better teams because if if they go and win, they're going to win 60 plus ball games, and that has not been done every. You know that's a rare accomplishment, and it's the depth that they have on both sides of the ball. And I, I've watched them throughout the year. Uh, we got a former player that played for us, Kyle Booker, uh, that's over there from the the Memphis area. So I, I kept up with them throughout the year. And to lead the nation in hitting an ERA, you, you don't see that all the time. And they just – they it's just another guy. They can run another guy out there, another guy. I think they went through seven pitchers in the in the title game, and all of them were just as good as the next guy. Ben Joyce got in trouble. Oh, no problem. We'll go with the next guy up. You know, ben Joyce is the one throwing 104, 100, this year, you know, lighting up radar guns and athletic alpine skier. Uh, now he's throwing 100-plus, and he's going to go make lots of money one day. But teams hitting 308, 141 home runs on the year, and they're holding holding opponents to 193 batting average. That's the thing that sticks out to me more, not the home runs, not the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, eight 7 players with double-digit home runs, and then the one that had 7, Jared Dickey, Got hurt after third or 35 games into the season, or he would have had it. So you got eight guys with double-digit home runs, but the pitching staff has been phenomenal. You got a guy in, in Chase Dolander who's going to be a number one pick, and of course we Blake Tidwell. He was down a little bit this year. We talked about Joyce, but it's Chase Burns. They have it's just like everybody has a sub-three ERA on that team, and it's just they're a lot of fun to watch. I'm mean, I'm kind of enamored with them at this point. You know, it's, uh, you got to respect. It's kind of like Al- Alabama football. you know, When Nick say, and I know, controversy aside, yeah, they get all the recruits. Tony Vitello's done one heck of a job in a short period of time in, in Knoxville to get a-, a team that is this dominant, this quick.
3: They're they're really hey. good, and you know, they may be better than Arkansas last year. I don't know, but it, just what happened to Arkansas last year shows you anybody can win. Yep. let me make a mild correction. Arkansas did win both those games against Grand Canyon. Uh, okay, thank COVID. you. Thank yeah, you. Six, six to one and ten to nine, but uh, that that'll have no effect on uh, Friday's game. Right. But nonetheless, yeah, Tennessee I think's easily number one. But and I'm kind of like you, Kev. Arkansas was number one all of last year, and yet you looked, and other than Wicklander and Cops, there was no just 100% guarantee when Arkansas sent pitchers to the mound. But the difference was, and I don't know if Tennessee has anybody like Kevin Copps, is if you were ahead in the fifth inning and needed him for four, he pitched four. And if you needed him for two the next day, he pitched two the next day. And I don't know if anybody in college baseball has anybody like that. And obviously Arkansas is really missing having somebody like that because they get in the late innings even with a lead. There's no guarantee.
1: Yeah, and, and Tennessee has seven seven pitchers that have 45 plus or 43 plus innings on the year. Then they got a, a couple more that are 28 28 35 36. So they they can just turn it over to anybody. Their strikeout to walk ratio is very good. It's you know, four to one, and four and a half to one. Uh, that's as a a team, that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, as a team that's phenomenal. Yeah. And for anybody that out there, so for every four guys you four and a half guys you strike out, you're only allowing one walk. That's how you win the championships right there. So the the uh the fielding percentage, eh, it could be a little bit better, but you know, you're still at a nine eighty two clip, so that's gonna be, you know, top ten. So it's just everywhere you look there's not a whole lot of weakness there. So they could have an off night. Yes, they've had off nights. They lost a series to Kentucky. But I think at, at this point of the year, they've, they've maintained that dominance throughout the season, and they just feel like they're getting stronger right now.
2: Well, another team, Kevin, that uh, it's hard to say nice things about, but you got to say nice things about A&M. You take out their early start. And they had a phenomenal season. They just got off to such a, a oh, yeah. slow, rugged start. They finished thirty-seven and eighteen. Uh, they'll take on Oral Roberts, TCU, and uh, beware of Louisiana. They, uh, the Raging Cajuns, are in uh, that particular regional. But you take out that start, and that's a whole different record. You you may be talking about a a, a team in Texas A&M that you have a whole different perspective of.
1: That's exactly right, and you 37-18 know, overall, they were 18-8 and eight in non-conference play, so if they're four games better, which you know, on average about 22-3, and 22-4 is what you're looking at, so you're looking at a 41-win team going into uh, the tournament, and usually a 40-win plus team coming out of the SEC is one of the top teams in the nation, and uh, the committee have rewarded them for that. They got a five seed, uh, and they've done it quietly, but... That's exactly what the TCU teams did uh, under under Schlossnagle. If you look back, yeah, they won the Mountain West and won fifty five games, got to Omaha, didn't really get very far. But you know, as they got into the Big Twelve, they were always there. They're always a pesky team, even when they came to Fayetteville as a two seed a few years ago. They were one I was really kind of worried about because they had a really good left handed pitcher that you know got drafted in the first round. But you know, kudos to Coach Schloss. He's done a really good job and. You know, they've got to deal with TCU, and I'm sure the committee was like, okay, yeah, we're going to put those two teams together because that will be a great story for ESPN, mm-hmm. and it just works out like that. So, you know, 73 home runs on the air, they're hitting two eighty eight. It's like they don't do anything really fancy, but they grind, they get out there, and they play the game the right way.
2: The maybe surprise team, at least I think surprise team, uh, number two national seed, Stanford. Stanford 41 and 14. They got Binghamton. Then in the other part of that regional, Texas State, which again, that's coming out of what? Sunbelt. Sunbelt. Yep. And 45 and 12, and they take on UC Santa Barbara. Is Stanford worthy of the number two
1: seed? I don't think they were, but yeah, that evidently they saw it different. You know, they, they started out really hot. They beat Arkansas down there, mm. and at, at Round Rock, and then mm-hmm. they went through the Pac-12. Pac-12, it's a different brand of baseball out there. Uh, not a lot of home run hitting. They they play opportunistic baseball, so to speak. And when Oregon State beat Arkansas back in 2018, Oregon State looked like an SEC team. They had the big physical guys that could mash it all over the park and really top end pitching. So. Uh, Stanford's really good. They got a top-end guy that's going to go first round, just like a lot of these top teams do. So uh, they got a tough region, though, with UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos, and then Texas State. Look out for the Bobcats.
2: Hang on, Kevin, as we continue to go around the horn.
0: Baseball season is in full swing, and you don't want to miss a thing. It's time for Around the Horn with Kevin Bohannon. Around the Horn is brought to you by Stanley Wood Chevrolet Buick GMC and Scott Wood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. And now it's time for Around the Horn.
2: Kevin, can you fix this Arkansas baseball team? You
1: know, I I talked to Caden Wallace on Sunday. I said, you know, good luck. Uh, it was on Monday after the announcement because they're going to Oklahoma State. And got a young man that used to play for, for us, and Marcus Brown. You know Marcus. And mm-hmm. plays shortstop for Oklahoma State. and Correct. Wished him the best. And he said, man, we're just going to go out there and play, have fun. And at this point, that's all they can do. Uh, They've <laughs> so, yeah, they lowered expectations to where, you know, a lot of people are thinking, eh, if they get out of the regional, it'll be a good season at this point. So I think expectations have dropped so much to where they can go out there and do a good job and, and win. If they come together at, at this point in time, <laughs> that's all they got to do. It's a tough game, but this is a team that can make a run. It's set up very well for them. If they were able to get past Oklahoma State, I like to match up with uh, the North Carolina regional. You know, you got Hofstra, VCU, and Georgia over there. So... It's one of those things, you know, kind of like '09 9 and 12 and maybe 15 to where, you know, not a lot was expected, and they finished the regular season on a down note, but they can get hot right now and uh, overcome that 0 2 SEC tournament. Kevin, what about pitching?
2: Uh, boy, it's been um, a nightmare lately. Maybe yeah. that's a nice way to say it, nightmare lately. Um how can they? How can they write in that ship? Because, I mean, it, at least it seemed like better part of at least half of the season, if not longer, you expect at least five or six innings out of your starters each game. Yeah. yeah. Now you're lucky if it seems like they get out of the first inning.
1: Yeah, I think I think the stat was 12 out of the first 15 SEC games they had their starters go at least five innings, which in turns you know, six innings will get you a quality start. Five will get you a win if your team's ahead. So, uh, they may need to change strategy. I talked to Conway coach Leighton Harden today, and Conway won the 6A title. And we were talking about his his starter starting pitching. They were the team that you know used three pitchers every conference game. So instead of going out and having a guy throw 70 80 pitches, he got three guys and threw them thirty to forty pitches each. Go out there and do your job. Now I know it's a lot different in college with baseball. Uh, those guys are throwing harder, so they may not bounce back. Nobody's arm is the same, so I would look at doing that, honestly. If, if I had a team right now where the starting pitching is struggling, say, okay, look, I need three innings out of you. You give me three innings, all you got, we'll turn it over to the next guy and just pass the baton. You've seen it done before. They do it in the major leagues all the time. Instead of having a, a closer, they dubbed a guy a starter, and he goes out there for two or three innings. So, uh, no matter where it's at, if you got a guy that's got the hot hand, maybe it's a Will McIntyre that can go out and get you two or three innings. Maybe Brady Tigert or Zeb Vermillion goes in and starts a game, and then they turn it over to somebody else. Shake it up a little bit. That way, you don't have to rely on somebody to go five or six innings.
3: Who? I don't know. If I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I think we were talking earlier, Kevin, about maybe <laughs> maybe this is a time for. Um, Connor Nolan to step it back up again and pitch like he did earlier than in the year. Yeah. Uh, Because if you start Brady Tiger in a game and he goes two or three innings, then you got to bring some of those starters maybe that hadn't pitched so well in at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think those who are comfortable with starting, I'd,
1: I'd probably leave him in the starting rotation. Yeah, and now, at this I, point, think outside the box a little bit. What could go, what what could go worse for them right now? They just went 0 and two. They've won two out of their last eight games. I'm not saying you know I use Brady and Zeb as an example, but you know maybe maybe shake it up a little bit at this point because some of those guys like Wiggins and Smith they kind of hit a wall. You know maybe Connor's not as fresh. Got a little time off here. Maybe they come back refreshed at the end of the week on Friday, and uh, he is back to earlier so. earlier form in the season. You
3: know, and look at how Smith pitched earlier in the year, and and uh, Wiggins, if he'll throw strikes, he is really tough to hit. His you know, yeah, but but if he doesn't throw strikes, then guess what? You can walk the bases loaded, and a reliever can come in and deal with it. So that's that's right. The, all these guys need to get back to throwing strikes. And I, and I mentioned earlier in the program. Is it SEC hitters knowing when to lay off pitches that are borderline? Is it umpires who don't give wide strike zones? That could all change at Stillwater. You that's might right. get umpires with liberal strike zones. You get Grand Canyon hitters who have never seen these pitchers, and they're swinging at breaking pitches that move out of the zone. It. That's why I'm just I'm cautious about giving up on people and making a lot of changes at this point. I got you.
2: Well, the other question would be, Kevin, about – the batting order that seems to be still a work in progress uh (laughs) brayden webb uh, was the leadoff batter uh, in that last game for arkansas what do you do i mean do do you just if you're dave van horn do you go in and draw names out of the hat and you know how how whatever number you get in the lineup that's where you bat i mean i i know that's an extreme exaggeration but yeah uh boy, it just seems like they cannot get a lineup that can show any consistency.
1: You know, and at this point of the year, it's it kind of goes back to what Rick just said with the, the guys that brought you here as far as the, you know, the pitching staff. and It goes for the hitters as well. If you've got guys that are hot, you know, uh, there, there was some question about Kendall Diggs and why he hasn't been in the lineup after he had a little stretch right there. It's because he cooled off. That, I mean, that's why they saw something that they really didn't trust him in, in certain situations so they went to somebody else and that's fine but he, he said it in his press conference the other day coach van horn did i'm gonna try to shake it up a little bit more just to see if we can find the right combination to go on a run and maybe you know that's dropping robert moore back to six or seven where he was uh caden hitting leadoff. that's the majority of the games we won this year wallace was hitting leadoff and that went really well i think you know turner was hitting 340 at one point now he's under 300 so it's about time for these guys to go back on the upswing and they could all do it at the same time so uh you got that core group of nine or ten guys that got you there if if he wants to get somebody on base and then they could knock him in put zach gregor in the one hole he's got a on-base percentage of 462 he's leading the team that that goes a long way and then you got somebody like Lanzilli that can mash a little bit his his uh on base percentage is over 400 plus he's slugging over 480 so um set it up like you want to and go out there and have confidence in these guys if you set it up the first game like you want it to and they score runs great stay with it you know it, that messes with the psyche of a lot of these kids when they see their names going up and down the lineup
2: well we're out of time but we got Brent who wanted to say something, but we're out of time. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, Brent. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you again, I guess, on Friday. I think yes, got sir. My, yeah, my schedule. Hopefully
3: after a successful first
2: game. That's there you right. go. There you <laughs> go. We'll have plenty to recap All right now. All right, that's Kevin Bohannon as we go around the horn. At
0: Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork.